Wilder, did you miss me? Of course I did. I was away for a week, so we. I know. It's been a week and a half, but it's so good to see you. I'm so glad it's to good be to back. See you too. And to I'm glad going. you're back too. Yeah, me too. So when Nancy Myers tells me to do something, I do it. And well, she that's said, "True for the world, or it should be." I know. Isn't she the best? She really yeah. is. Um, I don't know her personally. You, well, neither, you know, one day. <laughs> neither do I. But um, I love the way she sets up a home. Like. I know people who would go into the movie theater for all of her movies and they would take pictures during the film because they wanted to set their <laughs> kitchen up. The, I mean, she's just amazing. But anyway, okay, so she uh, basically said that um, Ross Tauditz, New York Times editorial around the death of film, death of movies, I should say. Dun, dun, dun. She, I know. <laughs> she said it really uh, was the first thing she's read in a long time that brought home what what she feels has been happening. So I just thought I'd read a couple of little excerpts from it. So it just came out today when we're taping, mm -hmm. which is Friday. So um, you might not have had a chance to see it yet. So I have not. We aren't just watching the decline of the Oscars. We're watching the end of movies. That's a big statement. That's intense. Okay. Now, one of the things he points out is that this is – you know, you could say it's because of the pandemic, but he says it's really been coming for so much longer, starting with the VCR. You know, okay. starting, yeah, I mean, if you go way, way, way back. So, <clears throat> okay. The point is that this year's nominees for the Academy Awards offer their share of famous actors, major directors, and classic Hollywood genres. And yet, for all of that, almost nobody went to see them in the theaters. When the nominees were announced in February, nine of the ten for Best Picture had made less than $40 million in domestic box office. That really is, and he compares it to stuff like Titanic, and, you know, that that's really, that's a huge low number, though. It really is. The only exception, Dune, um, barely exceeded $100 million domestically, making it the 13th highest grossing movie of 2021 all I have told so many issues with this but keep going okay all told <laughs> the 10 nominees together have earned barely one-fourth as much as the domestic office as spider-man or no way home so yeah which a lot of people think should be up for best picture this year but whatever did you see it <laughs> yeah i uh, loved it okay well you, we we all know that you would love it but of course and maybe we should be maybe we should do it for uh we're looking for what to do for april's um uh film uh, club should we do that no we should do bridgerton really of course we should do bridgerton who doesn't have a lot to say about bridgerton okay i actually didn't <laughs> see the first season i assume you're talking about the season that just dropped right yes okay all right well anyway his point is that movies are dying i think his point is that theatrical movie going audiences are dying not that movies are dying um and that the box office is dying but you know, that's just me reading between the lines of what you just said, because I haven't actually read the article. <laughs> well, I think it's true. But I also think that sometimes so much is lost from a big screen, like Titanic on a TV screen's not Titanic in a movie theater. No, I that's true. But if you've seen Titanic on the big screen, you are still going to enjoy watching it at home. Right. Um, yeah, maybe. I don't know. But I also like his his thesis is flawed because the best picture nominees are never the big box office takers ever. So where he's starting from is incorrect. 
Well, you know, he does talk about, uh, <clears throat> you know, he talked, uh, let me just see if I can pull it up quickly. He does talk about, uh, about the big, you know, the talented Mr. Ripley election, the sixth sense, um, that those movies, Moonlighting, U.S. Marshall, Bonanza, those kinds of TV shows. Yeah, but those were at a time when you didn't have an, an option. You had to go to the movie theater. True. That's true. You know, if you wanted to see movies, you had to go to the movie theater. And everybody went on Friday or Saturday, right? That was a weekly ritual, you know? And if you weren't going to the movie theater, you were going to Blockbuster. That's not the world we live in anymore. <laughs> well, by the way, there was a time when there was no Blockbusters. Before. I know. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, well, you know, the internet, the laptop, the iPhone has personalized entertainment and deliver sure. it more immediately, and you can pick. You're right. You had there was one movie theater in town. You had you had two films you could watch, and they mm -hmm. were usually there for two or three weeks. So yeah. it was a whole nother ball game. But I think it's an interesting point to be discussed as to what will happen next. Well, um, can I have to apologize for a brief interlude? I am fostering four kittens, and they have decided that now is the time to kill each other. So if you're hearing that in the background, I apologize. We are not. I am not hearing anything, <laughs> okay. actually. I'm okay. hearing it. I, is it the same four kittens from two weeks ago? Yes. Oh, yes. Well, there you go. They are maybe, much bigger now. Okie doke. Well, well, maybe we'll see them in the background. But, um, but at any rate, I think it's worth looking at the uh, op-ed page and I do think people are going to be talking about it for quite a while. He lays out an interesting case, and he sh gives a lot of examples and things that I'm not going to go into today, but I well, think it's worth a read. I think Spielberg flagged this years ago, right? He said years ago that the movie-going experience was going to change. It was going to be like a night out at the theater, right? Tickets were going to be far more expensive. Your concessions are very expensive. This is an event for the family and people are only going to go for the big tentpole movies exactly. and everything else yep. is going to be available to you directly at home. And that's what's happening. And the pandemic just sped it up. Well, not only that, you know, people have made home a different place to live anyway oh, during the mm -hmm. pandemic. That was a cat, you know, a, a huge shift and a lot of people made entertainment rooms and you've got a big mm -hmm. screen up there and it's affordable. It's not $10,000 to buy a, mm -hmm. a big TV anymore. So there is a way to watch film in a big way. I agree. Totally. Totally. Just All make right, sure moving... you got that sound set up, guys. That's exactly. the important part. Yeah. I, you know, it really is. And I don't. So I have to get going on that. Okay. All right. I'll help you. All right. <laughs> then I wanted to revisit Dropout, which is now we we reviewed it, I think, after the second episode. Third. And now, but yes. third up. Yeah. And now we're uh, just finished episode six. And the big complaint I had about them not portraying the white men who were totally taken in by Elizabeth. I take it all back. I just want to say that. Keep watching. Go in and watch. Um, because mm. I think they're absolutely addressing it. And um, I think I know this story too well to think they're doing a good job. I, I, I like it. I think it's really I good. Don't. And I think her performance is exceptional. I think it's, I think the whole show is meh. I think it's just a recapture of what actually happened. And it's not that interesting. Oh, I think, I think it's really well laid out anyway. <laughs> so we don't agree. Nothing new Shocker. here. A shocker, shocker. <laughs> but I did want to correct my earlier thing of how could they leave all that out. They brought it in when they felt it was appropriate. I thought it could have been brought in earlier. But anyway, and the second thing I want to talk about is Gilded Age wrapped up this past week mm -hmm. with their big finale. And I just want to give Julian Fellows, who 
is British, doesn't really understand America. I want, I've done a lot of research around the way he's laid it out. I think the guy is a deep sea diver. I think he really did his homework in terms of how to build this whole thing. Obviously, they've already just signed on for two more mm-hmm. two more seasons. So it's going to go. Here, here. Yeah, I really liked it. Did you watch it? It's the, delightful. Did you watch the finale? I did. And? I, it's everything I wanted and more. Yep, exactly. You know, it's it's beautiful. It's really slow. It's intense. It's ridiculous and over the top. And I enjoy every moment of yeah, it. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> me too, which is a perfect lead in to the latest thing that she's come up with. Is it? Is it the perfect lead in? Which is Abbott Elementary. And I'm like, what? Uh, you know, and also it's interesting because... You know, there's um, a couple of things that have come out of ABC, CBS, NBC that are surprising. I mean, Mm -hmm. in seven years of doing uh, Screen Thoughts, we never, ever talked about any show that originated out of any of On a network? Nope. And now I think we've done three this year, but Abbott Elementary, take us into it. Um, So it's on... ABC, I believe it's on Hulu and it's about a group of teachers who work at one of the worst public schools in America that has no funding. Uh, And it's a docu, it's a mockumentary series. So it's kind of the office, it's Parks and Rec, uh, but following this group of teachers at a school in Philly that is not doing so great. (laughs) Well, the originator, um, Quinta Brunson, she based the series on her mother's experience as an elementary school teacher in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And if, if this is anything like what she went through, I mean, God bless America's teachers. Yeah. Um, I, I will say I spoke to a friend of mine who is a teacher and asked him to watch it. And he watched the first episode and I watched him watch the first episode and he could not handle it because it was way too close to home for him. Really? Um, wow. where, is he was, te- where is he teaching? He's an LAUSD. So he's a high school teacher. Uh, he's a AP chem teacher uh, in the LA school district. And it's just very apt. There's no money. Peter, teachers have to reach into their own pockets for everything. Um, and they do a beautiful job of making oh this God. as entertaining as possible on this show. By the way, I watched the first episode. I could not stop laughing it's hilarious oh the timing everybody each character is more interesting than the next yeah and on, and then I watched the second episode right after the first one and I was halfway into the second episode and I'm like okay it's the same funny that it was 40 minutes ago I think you have to not you can't binge this you have to watch it once a week for a little entertainment yeah. but there's no I gotta know what happens next it's it is network television right exactly. it's not a cliffhanger it's not Shonda Rhimes and it's, each episode stands alone rather yeah. than intertwining to each other which I think is a negative in television I do well I think I think you certainly benefit if you know the characters better mm-hmm. and I think there's an arc for for most of the characters over the course of the first season um but I I think it's still finding its footing, but I, this show has gotten rave reviews. rave reviews. It's getting a lot of attention across the board and it's calling attention to a really important issue, which is, you know, we don't fund our public schools no. at all. Well, um, it, you know what they did? They, they launched it during winter break mm-hmm. because they, you know, ABC, ABC, right? Isn't yeah. it ABC, ABC felt, 
okay, people would be home. They'd be home with their kids. We can launch it. We can see what they thought, which was brilliant on their part mm -hmm. because they had an immediately large audience of people who weren't home doing nothing and they yeah. could actually get into it. And that really worked for them. And now it's rolling out onto Hulu. I think it's exceptional. Also, I think the acting is really good. I think, you know, it is not an easy tone to pull off that office kind of it, improv, real people kind of thing. And, you know, I think other shows have tried to do it. Uh, not everyone has succeeded. And you also have to find your own lane, right? Par Parks and Rec didn't work the first season because is that they were, true? yeah, they were, they were six episodes. And if you go and watch it, they really didn't understand how, Leslie Nope was different from Michael from The Office. Like they tried really hard to shoehorn her into that kind of character. She's a completely different actress. She's right. very positive. She's very fun and funny. And when they finally figured out that that's who Amy Poehler was as, the, as that character in the second season, the show really got into its own. Interesting. And in this, I think they, you know, Kinta, who's the the lead, Janine Teague, she's also the creator. Uh, she she is that like young oh. angsty really trying way cares way too much she's me uh <laughs> you know she's, no i get it i get she's it she's eager she's very eager and she wants to do the best job she's also possible. committed to what yes. she's doing and by the but way she's really lovely yeah it's wonderful and, and they found this actor yeah good actor and it's and super awkward but it's also very sweet and, and that's the, where they really find their their footing, I think. By the way, I don't think it's easy to work with that many kids in the room at the same time. <laughs> I can't imagine it I is. I just wanted to say, whoever's, yeah. whoever's shooting it, they're doing a really good job. The kids are great. Mm -hmm. But also they somehow, it does, you feel like you're really in the room. You feel like it's, mm -hmm. you know. And the other thing I is, think, once oh, again, they're using the fourth wall. We're seeing yes. it everywhere now. Do you think that's going to well, be a new... I, I think Fleabag tore the wall down for everyone. Yep. Um, but I think I think this mockumentary style they have to, right? Because the characters are aware that they're being filmed. So if they don't acknowledge the camera, then it's just another sitcom, right? And this this is not supposed to be that. It's supposed to be a mockumentary. Um, these are supposed to be real people. But I, I do think Lisa Ann Walter takes the cake when it comes to like the looks at the camera, the, the, like, really, she's like your South Philly yep. girl. Um, yep. and she, she's just, she's fantastic. Um, you know, it's funny because the West wing, uh, Aaron Sorkin did that. He did a mockumentary. Oh, the, the one episode with the one CJ. episode with CJ Craig, yeah. where they're following it's like the, my least favorite episode. <laughs> you know, it's mine also funny that you say that I've just started rewatching it again and I was going to skip it, but I made myself not. And I realized it's pretty good, but nobody at that point, nobody was ever, nobody was doing it. No, the closest thing we had to mockumentary yeah. was really like this is Final Tap and um, Christopher Guest movies right. um, were were the closest, and they've really kind of adapted that for television and found their stride. But I think I think Quinta has done a, a real service not only to ABC but to teachers everywhere because I think she's really highlighted the struggle that it is to be a public school teacher um, and and what it takes to get through the day there. I mean, all, all of these characters are a little bit of a caricature, but we also all know someone who's a little bit like all of them. Um, yeah, I don't really know anyone who's a little You like know that. me, and I am just like Janine. Okay, well, actually- <laughs> For better or worse. true, but I thought you meant as teachers. I, I don't, I don't oh, know any- Oh, well, teachers. I mean, my yeah. mom's a, my mom is a uh, speech therapist, and she's like, yep, that's about, that's about right. <laughs> 
Yeah, but it, you know what? It's funny. This is like hashtag funny, not funny. Agreed. That's there's why I think it's really important that the show is about, out there. There's also a, a woman who's sort of being like a mafia Italian kind of person. There's one. Yeah, that's I can't remember. I think it might be episode three or something where she, she, she knows how to get anything. Oh yeah. <laughs> just don't ask too many questions. And when the truck pulls up, it's just a. Oh, it's the first episode. Is it the first? What's episode? your name? The, I, what's, I, he doesn't have a name. <laughs> they both say at the same time. He doesn't have a name. I don't have a name. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, I loved it. Some things fell other. off the back of the truck and found their way to the school. So get this. Uh, during a February, I think, um, 2022 interview, you know, Terry Gross was on, she was on national public radio. I just happened to listen to it. Fresh air. And Love her. Quinta, yeah. Quinta Bronson said that when the show was this huge rating success and they realized they were going to have to use the money that they budgeted for advertising, um, they decided instead to buy supplies for real teachers. Love and it. I, Love and it. I, yeah, but I also thought this is one of those shows where at the end of each episode, they could highlight a way to where people like me, who my child's, you know, she's 36, she's out of college, please God, forever. And <laughs> I, we could, you know, send these supplies to this location or, you know, we could at the end we'll of each say, episode. It's not that could, hard. You're they right. Could, they should, but it I could, they could do it's good. It's not that hard to find, you know, where know. your local school district is and how By to By the way, donate. that's absolutely true. And I will do that. Thank you for pointing that out to me. But if it was at the, uh, if it was at the end, at the trail end of the, uh, of the episode, they would get hundreds of thousands of people sending stuff. Well, in. I'll send, I'll send a letter. Okay. Can you get on that right away? Yeah, I will. Okay. Actually, I will. <laughs> now, are you going to keep watching? Yeah. I think for I sure. they too. they got approved for a season two. Um, I'll be watching. I just think I think it's delightful. I think it's really positive. And I don't think it's I don't think it's trying too hard. You know, whereas sometimes Ted Lasso can feel like it's maybe trying a little too hard. This, well, also, this feels like just, that sprinkle. That it do, I need. also doesn't it actually doesn't feel absurd. And sometimes yeah. Lasso to me feels absurd. Yeah. But this is not by the way. It should feel absurd, but because they're so good at what they're doing, it doesn't. Yeah. 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 I mean, I recommend it to everybody. Okay. And we, uh, anything, I don't have anything else on that, but you know, again, it's light. We don't have to delve into it. Just entertain yourself once a week by watching one episode. That's what yeah, I say. You'll enjoy it. Yeah. And then also we want to announce that our April, um, movie club I can't believe it, but Wilder has determined that we will be doing Bridgerton. Can you explain to me why we're doing that again? I had the first um, two. She gets to pick this one. For first of all, I it's Shonda, so everybody has lots of opinions on on Shonda. I do. Um, By the I, way, her her book, um, The Year of Yes. Yeah. It's which is six or seven years old. I read it once a year. It's a oh. really important book about how to live your life. I'm just saying. Cool. Okay. Um, I think I I'm only halfway through the first episode, but I will say I appreciate and forgive me everyone, but I Wait, appreciate the first trash episode television of season two or of season yeah. one, okay. season two. Yeah. I appreciate trash television when it is aware that it is trash television. And I am aware that it is trash television. And that is what Bridgerton is. It is candy. It's beautiful to look at. The people are beautiful to look at. The circumstances are absurd and ridiculous. And I enjoy every moment. 
Okay, well, we'll be talking about that. So <laughs> if you're watching it, um, definitely hook up with us and we'll get it going, okay? I can't wait. I know. Have a great week. Can't wait till next week.